Woody Womack joined by Mike Farrell for our weekly podcast. Mike, how you doing? Doing great. I'm loving life, love my toys, and uh, we actually had some good college football games this past weekend. Yeah, it was a great slate of games. I was actually looking at next week, and it's not looking uh, so great. But uh, let's look back, reflect the couple of big ones. The biggest one, Notre Dame beats Clemson, shocks them. Really, a game that Clemson came from behind and they were in control. I thought it was. I thought it was over. And the Irish do it. Were you shocked to see them finally kind of get over the hump there? Yeah, I was kind of surprised that they actually scored as many points. I know Clemson's missing people, you know, some key components on defense. And, you know, uh, obviously they're not playing with Trevor Lawrence. And and I, I'd never bet against Trevor Lawrence. I just won't. Um, you know, it's kind of like betting against Nick Saban. So, you know, what do you do when Trevor plays Nick Saban? That's a different story. But, you know, DJ Uwangalele uh, played very well, 439 yards, two touchdowns. You know, it wasn't the offense. Etienne had another key fumble. That's not good. Um, but Notre Dame's offense was surprisingly effective, um, and fast, uh, not super fast, but you know, Kyron Williams and some of those other guys looked a little bit faster than they had in previous games. They brought a little bit more to the table. I think they were up for this game a lot more than they were, you know, for some of the games that they've struggled in. And, uh, you know, this to them was a, a message game, you know, uh, you know, oh, we can join a conference anytime we want. We can win a conference anytime we want. And by the way, you know, Clemson's not that great. We're going to beat the number one team in the country. But it's the first time in forever that Notre Dame's beaten the number one. Uh, and it makes them a legitimate, dare I say, near lock for the playoff if they don't screw up. Well, we can get to that in a second. But if they don't screw up, they're in. So you think if they can, even if they lose to Clemson again, they're in so they just if they don't lose to someone else yeah i mean i think both this is how i see it shaking out and again i'm no no sardamus or anything but alabama is alabama you know i think florida will give them a game but they'll beat florida and they'll be in ohio state the big 10 is an absolute mess so forget about everybody else they're in pac-12 you don't count you're not playing enough games and you'll have a bunch more canceled. Um, so then you got none for the big 12 either. And then you got two from the ACC, which is surprising, but I think Clemson wins the rematch with Trevor Lawrence, but I don't think it's a blowout because this Notre Dame team showed me a little bit more than I thought they had. Um, and I think both teams get in with one loss uh, and, and, you know, you shut out three power five programs and, you get one SEC, one Big Ten, and two ACC. Two ACC. Like, who would have ever thought that in a million years? Yeah, not me. <laughs> not me for sure. So, so you think uh, what? What kind of? What does this mean for Clemson, though? I mean, what's the what's the in, indictment on them? Is it just hey, tough game on the road with your true freshman backup quarterback, and you lost in double overtime? I mean, it, it doesn't seem to be catastrophic, right? No, no. I think Clemson's going to be given the benefit of the doubt as a two-time national championship should. And, and, you know, they are a brand. And I think, you know, again, if they run the table and beat Notre Dame in a rematch, they'll be given an opportunity to leapfrog them in the rankings and go to the But Notre Dame, the best for Notre Dame is you can't keep them out of the playoff now if they run the table and Clemson beats them because you got the one and one. I thought Clemson would win this game, then beat them in a rematch and would have one from the ACC and would worry about everything else. But I think Notre Dame just put themselves in the playoff if they don't mess up. And for Clemson, they're going to be pissed. I mean, and that's fine. Uh, we know how they react to losses and we know how competitive they are and they're going to get some guys back and Trevor's going to come back and they're going to roll some teams and 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 then they're going to be ready for Notre Dame in, in the rematch. So uh, both teams... Very good. I was disappointed in the defense of Clemson. I have been all season. Um, you know, Skalski and guys like that missing. You're not missing first rounders. So I think there's some things there, but they're playing so many young guys that I can see, you know, why they're having an issue here and there. And, and I don't think Dabo coached his best game. I think, I think Brian Kelly coached a better game. And um, I'm not worried about Clemson, though. I, I still think they have a, an opportunity to get in for sure. So you mentioned Notre Dame in a conference. Should they just join the ACC? I mean, I saw Pat Narduzzi came out today and was like, 
either you're in or you're out. He like <laughs> issued them some type of ultimatum. It's like, listen, all right, Pat. I like Pat Narduzzi, but he really shouldn't be dictating anything. So, <laughs> so but, but not, they should, but they don't have to. It, it, it's clear. Let's say Notre Dame goes on to win the national championship this year, right? And they have to get by, you know, two pretty amazing teams in, in Alabama and or Ohio State to do so. They should join the conference immediately because conference play uh, brings familiarity. And it's clear the ACC is horrible, you know, beyond these two teams. Miami's okay, but they got rocked by Clemson. Um, just join the ACC and, and, you know, make sure you're not in Clemson's division. You can pick whatever you want to do. We'll join the ACC. We want our own division. And, and <laughs> we're going to be, you know, we're in the Notre Dame division. Um, you know, if we win the Notre Dame division, then we get a buy into at least the first round of the three team ACC playoff, you know, just make up your own rules, but get in a conference. And I think you'll have a better chance at a national championship. Yeah, I think so too. I think it would, I actually think it would help with recruiting too, because it would give them, uh, places that they were for sure going every single year. And if you still want to play USC or Navy or whoever, then go ahead and do it. But I mean, what are the other games that you're missing? You're already playing five ACC games a year. Just just jump in. I'm with Pat. You're either in or you're out. But they don't have to. That's the thing. They just don't have to. And, you know, I guess they have to see that there's a huge advantage to joining if they decide to do that. And Notre Dame makes money. Notre Dame's a brand. Notre Dame is going to get the benefit of the doubt nationally no matter what. So joining the ACC, what's it benefit them? And the ACC would have to make a pretty sweet deal for them, I think, uh, which would tick off a lot of the other ACC programs. And what the ACC doesn't want is a Big 12 situation where everybody's paying attention to Texas and teams get upset. Right. Um, yeah. No, they, no. And they can't leave in the ACC. The, 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 they did a great job stipulating, you know, uh, penalties for leaving and all that stuff so that it couldn't become the Big 12. But I don't think, you know, anybody in the ACC wants favoritism towards Notre Dame. And I think that's what it would take to get them in the conference. So, but, you know, Pat Narduzzi said it should be done. So, <laughs> all right, uh, let's talk about Florida and Georgia. This game was crazy. Started out fourteen to nothing. Georgia trashed through a pick six. I didn't even know what happened. I turned the game on. It was seven to nothing. I forgot. He like <laughs> I first even... play, first play. <laughs> um, and then Zeus. Yeah, the, the Gators came just storming back. Uh, Kyle Pitts was awesome until he got knocked out by that hit, which. Uh, you could say if it was dirty or not. I don't. I don't know. Well, it wasn't dirty. I I thought it, I thought it was dirty, but anyway, they both got knocked <laughs> out. Uh, yeah, that's how Massachusetts kids hit. Right. That's Lewis Sign transplant to Texas from Mass. That's how we ball up here. Right. Uh, I didn't see any helmet, you know, leading with the helmet, and, and Pitts kind of lowered his head so the trajectory of where he landed. Oh, but, okay, we don't have to. He, yeah, we don't have to. It, it, like it, it was, was Ronnie Lott and vicious. Okay. <laughs> we need more of that, though. <laughs> so, uh, it, frankly, it was ugly for Georgia. I mean, the quarterback situation is brutal, and we've seen this coming. It's kind of like we kind of saw anyone who's watched him play over the last month saw this coming. They put in Dwan Mathis, who was, I guess, okay, but not great. But where's we can't get a straight answer on JT Daniels. Georgia had a lot of injuries, but I mean, come on, dude, you have the, you have the most talented team in the country based on our rankings. When you're replacing a four-star with a four-star with a four-star, I don't really want to hear it. So what do you think? Has Florida closed the gap on them? Is this just the quarterback position that's causing all these issues? What do you think? No, nah, because where was the defense? I mean, they gave up 44 points. This is supposed to be the best defense in the country and they got torn up. I mean, Trask had four TDs at the half. Uh, I know they're missing LeCount, and I know they're missing some other players, but excuses are excuses. They've they got 16, I believe, 16 five-stars on this roster, and, and they got I thumped. I think it might be like 18. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's a ridiculous number. And I, I put up a, a poll yesterday on Twitter because I'm so interesting um, on these big-name coaches that are underachieving. You know, Harbaugh was there. Franklin was there. Scott Frost was there. And I put Kirby up there, and everybody's like, Kirby doesn't belong there. What are you, crazy? Kirby 
you know, went to the national championship game and, and this, that, and the other. I go, Kirby's at fault for this quarterback situation because somebody has to be the head coach. It all falls on him. I don't care if you blame Jamie Newman. Clearly, JT Daniels has not been cleared enough to play. He may have been cleared, but he's not ready to play. Cleared um, to do what? Then what yeah. is <laughs> well, he's cleared to be a meme because he was the picture of him on the sidelines so sad was doesn't that was a neat one. Do you see that one? I didn't see it, but I mean I, I saw when they showed him during the game, but it's like then why doesn't Kirby just say that? Just say, look, he's not he's not healthy enough to play. At least it would be it would shut people up. I mean, I just don't I there and then <laughs> they have a true freshman quarterback who I think we ranked as a four. We dropped him at the end. I can't remember how, how we did. Yeah, he's a the three. Oh, he was a three star. So, so that was, you know, if, if, if you can't put somebody out there, and I know they have Brock Vandergriff coming, but you shouldn't be in a position at Georgia where you're relying on Jamie Newman when you sign three five stars. And no, right? no, no, because you look at Clemson, okay, they had the same situation. Uh, you know, there's a guy named Hunter Johnson who was a five star quarterback. Um, there was a guy uh, named um, Trevor Lawrence, five-star quarterback, DJ Omalaye, five-star quarterback. Um, these guys, yeah, you know, <laughs> what's Chase that? Bryce. Chase Bryce. Uh, Chase Bryce, four-star quarterback. Um, they cleared they, out They cleared out five quarterbacks, and they still have multiple backups. Yeah, Martavis Bryant was a four-star quarterback, I believe. So Kelly Bryant, yeah. Kelly Bryant. Who's Martavis? That's right. He was 100 years ago, and he played for the Steelers. That just shows. I love doing that. It's so fun, but it's They're not late. on purpose. At least you get fellowship. I need more omega threes. I need more fish food. Um, but you can you can manage these situations, and and then you can mismanage them. And clearly, that's what happened. Now, you again, you got Mac Jones, who is playing at Alabama, and you know Bryce Young is sitting. Can't be happy about it. We all know what a competitor Bryce Young is. We all know how competitive his father is. Uh, we all know that those two are helicoptering around Nick Saban, but Nick Saban handles it. He doesn't care, you know? Like Najee Harris didn't transfer for a reason. He's a five-star, he waited his turn. You gotta be able to handle your roster. And Kirby did a tremendously horrible job of handling this quarterback situation. Should've, could've, would've, I know, but Listen, the head coach is the one to blame. And you've got Stetson Bennett as your starting quarterback and you're, you're, you're trying to win a national championship. I mean, it's just embarrassing. And, you know, there's a lot of five-star talent on this football team. They didn't play like it on the defensive side of the ball. I think the gap has been closed. And let's be honest, Florida hasn't been recruiting like crazy. You know, uh, McIlwain was not very good at recruiting. Dan Mullen doesn't really love recruiting, um, but they're going to start recruiting to the level of Georgia uh, with this victory. And if they have success moving forward and, you know, Georgia's window could be closing and it's all because of the quarterback situation. Cause I tell you what, Jamie Newman aside, you know, if Justin Fields is still at Georgia, they're winning every game. That's it. It's not, they're not losing a game. Right. It's not even a discussion. Yeah. I agree with you there. Um, so, so Florida, you mentioned Dan Mullen. They don't, like you said, they're not, they don't, they missed on a lot of guys last year down the stretch. And we kind of were laughing at them a little bit in terms of like, man, how do they, how does this happen? They miss on guys every year down the stretch. Right. On Since Saturday. Urban's left, except for Muschamp on defense. Do you think that, you, do you think that changes then? You think we're going to see a, uh, a strong finish by them, maybe flipping some guys and stuff like that. I do. I, you know, again, in, in a pandemic, it's difficult because it's not like you can get a kid on campus in December and sell your season or the victory, or you can't even have kids, you know, at the games, you know, this would be a huge um, opportunity right now to, you know, have recruits at the game. Um, you know, Georgia was the home team, but, you know, all those kids that are looking at Georgia are looking at Florida and the, and the opposite and really show them in person, you know, how dominant you are over your, your rival that you haven't beaten for a while. But you can't do that this year. But you see on Twitter and you see the the, the double I emojis and the thumbs up and, you know, Terry and Arnold and 
to Mise Adelaide and all these guys getting excited about it, you have to think this helps them, you know, close on some of those guys, Xavier and Sori. Um, now, again, Sori could end up in Alabama uh, or Georgia. Uh, Adelaide could end up at Texas A&M. They're playing well. Taron Arnold, who knows? I still think Florida leads, but he could end up anywhere. But McIlwain recruited poorly. And Mullen isn't a rah-rah recruiting guy. Uh, but there's no in-homes this year. And let's be honest, that December 31st dead period is going to be extended beyond that. We've got another wave of COVID and there's no way the NCAA is going to let kids on campus to visit. And anything could happen this year. So they could still fall a little short recruiting-wise, but I like the class they have now. And I like their chances for some of the big names down the stretch. So I think they'll do well. But I think you're going to see a bump in 2022 and that power start to shift a little bit and not shift, you know, completely towards Florida, but, but be a little bit more even because guys are starting to see if you go to if you go to Georgia and, and you're a five star, you can still be beaten. Um, and, and that's that's not the message you want to send if you're Georgia. All right. Uh, another program that is really in the down in the dumps, Michigan Wolverines lose again, this time to Indiana, who's a top 10 team. Indiana wasn't favored, but they probably should have been in retrospect. And Michigan is not good at all. <laughs> so, no. Way to put it. And is it, is this it? Do we really think they're going to get rid of the hardball put out? Should they, will they? Uh, I, you know, it's obviously the season's done. They're one and two in the Big Ten. They, they don't have an opportunity. They're going to get waxed by Ohio State. So it's going to continue. We can't beat his rivals, losing games you shouldn't lose, on and on. I just don't know if they'll get rid of them because of this whole Michigan man garbage that they have there. Right. Um, you know, he could be one of those guys they keep forever. Um, I wonder if he'll get tired of this, though, you know, because the NFL will be beckoning. You know, he's not as hot a name as he was, but he's still a hot name. I mean, you know, the, the Lions or the Bears or the Jets or somebody would want Jim Harbaugh running their team. I think he's more geared towards the pros. Um, you know, his recruiting is okay, but he's not trees anymore. He's not doing sleepovers anymore. I mean, he's he seems to have lost a little zip and energy in the recruiting department. Um, and kids you know, don't kids don't really connect with him well. That's one thing that's never been discussed is that a lot of kids think he's weird. He is weird. So, like I've, only, I've only met him a couple of times, but he is kind of weird. Right. And kids will say he's weird. Who's the weird? Whenever I do those like anonymous surveys, who's the weirdest coach or what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened? And they'll say it was Harbaugh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and not weird in like a goofy way. He's just extremely self-focused. Right. He's like intense. And it's just like, it's hard to connect with teenagers when you're a 50 year old man. It's like, it's not easy. You don't have anything to talk about. So, well, you can't just talk about yourself either. And that's kind of his thing. You know, I mean, Jim dating back. And again, I say Jim, I should say coach Harbaugh because I don't know. <laughs> He's yelled at me a couple times, you know, that's it. Like, just like every, most every head coach yelled at me. I know the man. We don't hang out. We're not friends. He doesn't follow me on Twitter, uh, which hurts. That's, um, that's, that's my guideline, as you know. But the, the, the whole thing about it is, you know, since player and a foot and an NFL player, it was all Harbaugh, 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 you know, and that's what people said. And that's why he wears out welcomes. And even as an NFL guy, he's wearing out welcome. Um, so it's amazing what he did at Stanford. They did change the academic standards, not not of entry, but they changed, you know, giving out offers early, getting kids in a little bit earlier than they, they, than they have in the past. Um, but he did an amazing job there. Michigan should be easier. It's a bigger brand and they have less academic restrictions. Big problem. And that's Ohio State is in their division and they're not going to beat them anytime soon under Harbaugh. So I, I wonder if he's going to want to leave. If he leaves, he's going to be deemed a failure. Uh, if they get rid of him, he'll be deemed a failure. There could be a mutual parting of the ways, which could soften that a bit. Um, 
And I think that's what you're going to see. I think you're going to see a mutual parting of the ways. This is not like we're firing Jim Harbaugh. He's not leaving us for the NFL, but we just decided that, you know what, Jim wants to pursue other things and, you know, win that Super Bowl that he lost to his brother and blah, blah, blah. I think that's what you're going to see. Yeah, he's got one year left on his contract. I mean, if I had to guess, I bet he's back next year and he like doesn't have an agent and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's part of his like gimmick. So maybe he just rides it out and the contract's up and he leaves. I don't think, I personally don't think he's going to get fired this year. I don't think a lot of these schools are going to have the money to fire these people. And I think the way the Michigan higher ups, you know, the, the big 10 people will say they voted not to play. They didn't even want to have a season. So they don't care or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, it's true. I think I think he's back personally. I don't think he gets fired. Even I, if we'll say the alumni though is getting very very tired of this. Right. I'm sure. I'm sure the, the the big donors, the the alumni. You know, it's very hard to find Harbaugh defenders now, and that wasn't the case a year ago. All right. Uh, speaking of disasters, oh, your boy, people, uh, someone you are friends with, James Franklin. <laughs> what's going on all right well let's all let's three. let's qualify friends okay <laughs> if i were on fire james might throw a bucket of water on me as he's walking by okay yeah that's right. for you that's like the best friend <laughs> well true because jim harbaugh would probably light a match and you know throw some more fire on me so that's the friendship level there i, I like james franklin you know he sort of came up in recruiting when I was starting and recruiting and, you know, assistant at Maryland, off to the NFL, Kansas State, back to Maryland, Vanderbilt, blah, 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 followed the whole thing. This is a nightmare. Um, but let's be clear, he's in zero jeopardy. You know, the delusional Penn State 10% want him gone because this is unacceptable. It should never happen at Penn State, blah, blah, blah. But he's, he's not going anywhere. Um, now, you look at their schedule. This is what kind of intrigues me the most because there were some questions today about whether they could win a game this year. And I'm like, you guys are nuts, okay? They've got Nebraska. They should beat them. Now, I know they lost to Maryland. Not a good football team, but better than we expected. Uh, they got Iowa, not a good football team. At Michigan, not a good football team. Rutgers, Michigan State. They're going to win football games. This season has been a disaster to start. Uh, it's going to be bad. Uh, but he's not in any jeopardy. Everything will be fine. Their 2022 recruiting is through the roof. Um, but 2021 has been a struggle in state, and that could continue if they continue to lose. That's the only thing I would be worried about. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's getting fired, but I mean, and I, I hear that he's, oh, they, they were harder hit by opt-outs than any team in the country. It's like, were they? What, who? Parsons? Like, so what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Journey Brown got hurt. Right. Um, and then obviously Noah Kane got hurt too. Right. Stinks, but, but everybody's lost people. Right. That's not an excuse to go 0 and 3. Like, no. no. The Maryland game, there's no excuse. Um, Mike Loxley's doing a very good job there after that embarrassing opener against Northwestern, where I thought Maryland might be the worst football team I've ever seen in my life. Um, he's rebounded. I got a couple wins, but they should never beat Penn State at this stage of Loxley's build versus Franklin's build, never. So that's a bad, bad loss. And, you know, there's a lot of unhappy people in Happy Valley, and, and there's nothing better than the Maryland official football site trolling Penn State. Did you see that? Uh, yeah, I did. I saw, I saw you comment on it. Did you see my awesome Instagram where Dwan Mathis committed to four schools uh, in his high school career and three of them are happy? Yeah, I saw that, and I thought about it. If I posted that, I would be un unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was funny you know um well, listen I, hey I, i'm not giving up on Dwan. i just don't know if Dwan picked the right school you know no he can't play sorry he's overrated out of high school he's not a division one fbs power he can play wide. hey listen he can play wide receiver move him right on over well they were gonna do that remember when they had newman and then daniels came over it was Dwan's gonna play a different position or enter the portal and then all hell broke loose and Jamie Newman is, you know, sitting around uh, thinking he's a first rounder when he's not. And JT Daniels is clearly, you know, somebody told me that they thought they weren't going to waste JT if he wasn't 100% because they want him 100% next year because uh, they don't want to throw, you know, 
Vandegrift into the fire as a true freshman or whatever. I just can't see Kirby allowing that to happen. That doesn't make any sense because this year doesn't even count from an eligibility standpoint. So. True, and, he, and it's like he's gone to the pros and they're drooling over him as a top five pick. But that's what somebody told me. But you're right about the communication thing. I mean, listen, just say what's wrong with him, and that's it. Whether it's – I haven't he hasn't learned the playbook at all, and, man, he's just not as sharp as we thought he was or he's hurt or whatever – say something um you know I, I just jt daniels would have been better off transferring to tennessee where he he looked at and and this is a funny thing because i talked to someone at tennessee during that time and they said we don't want to upset our quarterback room and i almost just burst out laughing but i didn't <laughs> i, I, <laughs> I kind of held it in but let's be let's, better off someplace else i agree let's transition to that okay so we tennessee Loses to Arkansas. They were up 13 to nothing. I, I, final score was like 24 to 13, I think. Um, here's my question for you. Has Sam Pittman in Arkansas in year one, five games, six games in, have they already passed Tennessee in like the SEC hierarchy here? Because Arkansas was maybe the worst team in power five other than like Kansas and Rutgers. And now – they probably should have. They should have won two more games, or at least one more, with the yeah. Auburn debacle. No, they have. They passed them already. Sorry. And listen, this is opinion number eighty-five on Jeremy Pruitt. He's kind of like Harbaugh with me. Harbaugh, I didn't believe, believe, didn't believe, believe. You know, I went back and forth fifteen times on Harbaugh, and right now I'm on the disbelief side. I've done the same with Jeremy Pruitt, as has been pointed out by um, you. <laughs> but yeah, this is a team that has no solution to quarterback. They have no way of developing a quarterback, um, clearly. They've got four straight losses, and now they've got AM who's who should beat them, Auburn who should beat them. They should beat Vanderbilt because Vanderbilt's awful, and then they're going to lose to Florida. And that's a two, three, seven loss season. That's, that's, a, that, that's a total disaster. Like it's three and seven. And, and, and this is the same year that Butch was nine and four or whatever. Right. So again, the fans have turned on him as quickly as you could be. Remember after they beat Missouri, they had the longest winning streak in college football or something. Yeah. Them in Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. And the fans were like, yeah, we're, we're lose to Georgia. Okay. We're upset. Lose to Alabama. We're definitely upset, but the Kentucky one in the middle was a crusher and that's where he lost a lot of the fans. And now Arkansas, you know, I was wondering what, what was it? Fan duel that was given 25 to one odds for Tennessee. It was hundred to one. <laughs> you know what? They couldn't have been safer with their money. Um, <laughs> it would, be, they might as well put, you know, me against Mike Tyson in a boxing ring and made it 101, you know, uh, for, for me, like, there's no way they were going to beat Arkansas. Arkansas's defense is light years ahead of Tennessee's right now. Felipe Franks is a, a better quarterback than he was. He's not elite, but he's better than anybody they have on that roster. And I worry that Harrison Bailey, you know, is, is, is going to fall into this abyss that is Tennessee quarterbacks. Any five-star that goes to Tennessee falls into this abyss. True, but name the last quarterback they developed. And it was funny because I did ask that question and some people were saying... Uh, Dobbs? Yeah, which I looked up his numbers and they're okay. Like 61% completion rate isn't that great. And yeah, but he got drafted. I mean, He did get drafted and he, and he ran for a lot of yards and he threw But he's okay. So if you're bragging about Dobbs... <laughs> And then your, your next go-to is Casey Clawson. Yeah. Or Nathan Peterman, like I said. <laughs> you got some problems. I mean, you got some real problems. And again, it, this doesn't fall just on this regime. It falls on historically, you know, I, I go back to Kiffin. You remember when Kiffin left in the middle of the night, they had a really good recruiting class. Um, you know, they had closed on Bryce Brown the year before. Uh, they were recruiting a top five recruiting class. And he up and left. And I'm not saying Kiffin would have taken them to new heights or back to the, the power that they should have been. But, you know, I, that's where things just started to fall apart. And they were, what, seventh choice? Butch Jones was their, their seventh target? 
Yeah, Butch was way down there. Pruitt was way down there. I mean, Pruitt was. I mean, remember that was the total debacle. And I, I don't. I'm not saying they need to fire him, but they've got to modernize the offense. Uh, you, you're paying way too much for Jim Cheney to the whole, the whole strategy of, we like I uh, Brent Hubbs wrote today. You got to score more than 20 points to win in the SEC these days. I mean, you really you got to be able to score 30 a game, and they just they can't do that. They don't have, they have a good offensive line. Even if you look at the way they graded out. They're, they don't play poorly, but there's just not enough weapons, and the offense is just so stagnant and boring. Like, uh, So you're telling me 30 inside handoffs a game doesn't work? <laughs> no. Wow. <laughs> it doesn't. And like you said, I mean, you know, it's Harrison came in and played okay. Uh, he threw a couple picks, but they were both like deflections or whatever. But, I mean, even at the end of that game, okay, they're down 11, right, with like six minutes left. They're on the 25-yard line. He doesn't kick a field goal. They go for it. They don't get it. They get the ball back and drive down the field, and they were going for a touchdown at the end, but they're down 11. He kicks the, the three, and it's an eight-point game, and you're, you're driving to win the game. That's, and he's like, oh, I didn't, we didn't want to – we didn't think we are in the kicker's range. And it's like the kicker hit a 50-yard earlier. Like, what are you talking about? That's the kind of stuff that, like, these guys try so hard to be bland with the media that they end up – making themselves sound worse well and i th i think there's also a little bit of an aspect to some coaches sort of freezing up in the moment and maybe have too many voices in their head or don't listen to enough voices in their head because some of the decisions that have been made i mean Dabo made a couple of very strange decisions in that game you you just scratch your head and you're sitting at home and you're like i know what to do and i'm not a coach and i'm not that smart how does he not know what to do? How do you not go through this, you know, 85 times in your head, you know, when you can't sleep, because none of these guys are sleeping. So when you can't sleep and you're laying there staring at the ceiling for three hours, you should at least come up with a situation. What if we are down 11 with such and such time? Should we kick the field goal and then hopefully get a touchdown and get two and go to overtime? I just don't know what happens during the game when they get, they make these decisions. So, you know, hindsight's 2020 for sure. Uh, but, you know, I don't get paid millions and millions of dollars to make decisions. Uh, if I did, you know, I, I would take the criticism. But, you know, these guys, the fans deserve better in some of these situations. One of the things I liked about Pruitt at the beginning of the year in those games they won against South Carolina and Missouri, he was going for it on fourth down. They were getting to the line quick and pushing it. And I was like, man, look, he, he learned a few things here uh, about how to win games. And now all that's out the window. And like Phil Fulmer was coaching the offensive line on Monday because one of the coaches thought he had COVID. And it's like, at what other school in the country is the AD coming to practice and coaching a position? That's just, that doesn't seem like an ideal situation to me. No, I've never heard. I mean, <laughs> you didn't know that? No, I knew that. I knew that. But I, I've never heard of that situation before. You know, I'm trying to think like everybody thought Barry Alvarez coached. Wisconsin as the AD for a very long time because they just wouldn't change their offensive style. And I think there's some truth to that. And I know athletic directors get involved, believe it or not, in the football aspect of college football because they think they're smart and they push agendas on certain head coaches that they hired when things are going poorly. But I've never heard of, you know, an athletic director coaching the offensive line. I mean, he's Philip Fulmer. He's a legend and all that, but that's a little ridiculous. Um, that's as ridiculous as Georgia starting Stetson Bennett at quarterback. I mean, how do these things happen? How do you, how do you go from A to, to X? Right. Where's, where are the other letters? Makes no sense. All right. A little PAC 12 talk. Uh, USC and Oregon both take care of business. You, USC. Did you watch that game at all? Yeah, I did. Uh, but, Personally, I didn't think they looked very good, and they—I really pulled one out of their hat, I guess you'd say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they recover an onside kick. They score. They end up winning by one. I—I I thought the game was over. It was like a—it was a two-touchdown game with four minutes left. Slovis put up some numbers, but also, you know, they made some bad plays too. I mean, they don't have a lot of resistance to make it to six and zero, and probably play Oregon. Oregon won against Stanford in a game that was super ugly. I guess you'd say Stanford missed like four field goals. You're not you're not giving them either team any chance to make the playoff, though, as you said earlier, right? 
No, I, I just don't think, first of all, I think one of them, you know, will have a game canceled because that's the way, you know, Cal canceled their game. One guy tested positive and they just, they contra- contact traced him throughout the entire West Coast, apparently, and shut down their entire game and program. And I think that'll happen at USC or Oregon. So I think they'll play six games and, and that's not enough. Even if they play seven, it's not enough for me. Um, USC, I thought would be better. You know, Jaden Daniels is a good quarterback. Their, their offensive strategy is a little bit puzzling to me as well. Uh, he was their leading rusher, obviously. And, you know, he, he wasn't overly effective as a passer. Um, but what I don't understand about USC is they have so many weapons, right? And yet you look, Slovis, 381 yards, two TDs and one interception. That's pretty good. He threw the ball 55 times. That's really not what they want to be doing. Your leading rusher, I'm going to mispronounce his name, but it's Vavai Malapai. Yeah, Malapai, I think. Malapai or whatever. You know, where's Stephen Carr? Uh, Marquis Stepp. I mean, they both played, but neither of them were very effective. Each had a touchdown, but they weren't leading rusher. And then Drake London's your leading receiver. Like, there's so much talent here. There's Brew McCoy and Tyler Vaughns and, 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 and Amon Ra. The offense is just so vanilla that I expected that to be different. I expected them to score quite a bit more uh, in, in a game, especially where I think the Pac-12 offenses have such a, a, an advantage over the defenses this year with COVID. And they didn't do that. They were not very explosive at all. And, and that surprised me. Oregon looked good, as expected. Now, they're a team that can complain about opt-outs. Penn State can't. Oregon can. But they're not. You know, they're just going out and winning games. Oh, yeah. Noah Sewell had a great game. Did you see him? Yeah, he's an animal. Just a full-grown man, you know? Like, we saw him in high school, and we were surprised. And he grew on us, you remember? We're like, this kid's really athletic for 260. And then... At the five-star challenge, he, he was, this kid's unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a, he started out as a three-star, I think, because we were like, he weighs 270 pounds. Right, and, like and his brother's so big, and he's going to be 300. He could be a nose tackle, blah, blah. But he grew on us, and, um, you know, he was playing running back and catching passes at that event and showing, you know, doing triple flips and stuff. And just a freak athlete who just – certain guys step into certain situations. Uh, I think I told Gorney. You know, I said Sewell's going to be better at Oregon than Flo. Um, now, again, it's one game, so we don't know. Somebody famously said Flo is a penalty waiting to happen. I forget who it was. He didn't. There, uh, one game, zero penalties so far. So he played <laughs> two snaps. He's a hundred. <laughs> Too aggressive. Just like you know, like these guys. <laughs> That, that that these these big hitters you know like richard lecount's undersized but he's a big hitter but ah oh, no no he's gonna get so many penalties it's like, who cares those are the type of guys you want on your football team they don't, don't, don't get me started on as i was shouted down on richard lecount so i don't want to hear uh richard lecount was my cornhole partner against preston williams who caught a touchdown this weekend and was and then got hurt and I forget who the other person was, but Preston Williams was the best cornhole player I've ever seen in my entire life. Right. And you said he not was... let me down. So ever since that, I've been kind of like down on LeCount and I, <laughs> I probably held his ranking back from you. Yeah, it wasn't really you. There was a couple of other analysts that uh, that didn't like LeCount. So we'll... well, they got a good track record, I'm sure. So. We'll revisit that when the draft comes around <laughs> for sure. That's going to be discussed heavily. All right, Heisman watch. Things are getting interesting. All of a sudden, Trev misses two weeks in a row, so he's he's out. You had Mac number one last week. He didn't play this week. Yep. So where do, where do things sit right now? Mac's number one still. Um, I, you know, again, 16 TDs, two picks, throwing the ball all over the place, very efficient. Um, you know, he's playing for the best team in the country. He, it's his to lose – um, he could have one bad game and then Justin Fields will win it from there because I've got him number two now uh, and I got Trevor number three. Missing two games is going to hurt Trevor. Now, this isn't a year where statistics alone, you know, 50 touchdowns and one interception or whatever are going to determine the Heisman. Um, 
you know, they may give it to Trevor, even if he misses, you know, if he misses the two games, they may give it to him just as a goodbye present. Thank you for, you know, dominating college football and all that stuff. But I've got fields uh, to, I put Zach Wilson on my list finally. So whatever night that was Thursday or Friday, I'm, t- I'm telling, you know, me and my friend were, I t- you, you actually accidentally got a text because I was riding your picks because you were 15 and four the week before and I was 10 and nine. So I'm texting my buddy. I said, this guy I work with, he's on fire. He's on fire. We're going to ride his picks. I said, but the one thing I will not do is take BYU. Boise State's going to rock them. And, and BYU destroyed them. So Wilson is now in it. I don't think there's a running back. I mean, Najee, yeah. But Etienne, it's two weeks in a row with a fumble. He's out. He's terrible. Yeah. I mean, he's not, well, he's Get not terrible. I love saying terrible, but... <laughs> The fumbling is a problem, and Kyle Trask is my number four, you know, behind Mac, Fields, Trevor. It's going to be a quarterback. I got Wilson behind Trask, uh, and the running backs are, are out of it. And then somebody said, you know, Kyle Pitts should still be considered. No, wide receiver slash tight ends never win the Heisman. Okay. I, I don't think Etienne is terrible, but he's something's going on. He's fumbling. He's dropping passes he should catch. He, he yeah, but it doesn't look right. They can't be running. That's they lost that game because they couldn't run the ball. They had 30 yards rushing. He did win the Boston College game by himself. Like, but he also gave up that, you know, scoop and return for 90 plus yards on the fumble as well. So, you know, but Notre Dame's not Boston College. They're a much better football team, and you cannot turn the ball over. He did it for the second week in a row. He hasn't been effective. I don't know what's up, but you know, my only running back within within sniffing distance of the Heisman is Najee and Mac's going to take his votes. So running backs are done. Speaking of my picks, Liberty was uh, strongly featured in there. Liberty wins again, Malik Willis. Everyone wants to talk about Zach Wilson. Oh, the draft guys, his incompletions are so great. I've never seen like these draft nerds all of a sudden just decide to drool over somebody and then everybody has to become obsessed with them. The group thinking draft Twitter is really incredible. Well, what does Malik have to do? He beat Virginia tech. That's, yeah. That's better than anyone. BYU's beat Boise had its third string quarterback in there. It's true. And they are undefeated and a top 25 team, but it's still Liberty. BYU is at least considered you know, they're an independent, but they're considered like one of those power five caliber programs, whereas Liberty is definitely group of five and, and FCS in the mind of many people. I mean, Hugh Freeze is the story at Liberty. It's nobody else. You know, is he going to get another chance back at the power five? And Yes. You know, oh, yeah. I'd hire him tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. The off-field stuff, I don't care. Listen, whatever, escorts, massage, whatever you want to do. <laughs> That's your business. Uh, the recruiting stuff does concern me a little bit because he, that could be a program killer and, and your program back if he hasn't, you know, changed that. And, you know, I know the people that defend Hugh Freeze and said, you know, Nick Saban did the same thing and never be touched and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know what's true or what's not. I just know the recruiting stuff worries me a little bit. Um, but yeah, he'll get an opportunity. I also put up a tweet that probably get you fired too, where there's uh, Hugh searching for massage parlors in Ann Arbor, but all the Michigan fans loved it. They would love Hugh Freeze up at Michigan right now. Well, listen, I think he, the, the word is he's kind of like secretly banned from the SEC. Have you heard this? Yeah, I've heard that too. I mean, there was this, what's, you know, uh, there was a bunch of, bunch of different causes there's there's multiple different types of causes for the ncaa and i think he got every one of them like the trifecta of causes um you know so i don't know if the sec will even entertain or be allowed to entertain i mean tennessee would be a school that obviously would make sense because he recruited the memphis area so well and he's got ties there but um yeah I, I, and again big 12 i mean i'm uh, big 10 is is it's it's funny to me because he's not a michigan man obviously and I just put it up there just because I thought it was funny. There's no way they would take him. Nah, he needs Liberty to took him. I mean, that's a religious school. Yeah, well, Liberty's got a lot of problems. But they do. But this was before Falwell got booted. I mean, they took they took a, a, a horrible sinner <laughs> as their head coach. And now they're 
really excited about it. So maybe these these blue bloods that worry about the reputation of your head football coach, you know, um, you know, remember people wanted Brian Kelly fired for screaming on the sidelines, yelling at people. Yeah. You know, who cares what they do, you know, on the sideline or on their own, as long as they win football games, I think fans are happy. Uh, and, and that's why I think, you know, Michigan should take a look at him. Yeah. I don't know if he gets, I don't think he's going to Michigan. I don't think he's going into the sec, but there's gotta be a team in the ACC or, you know, South Carolina, I would hire him in a heartbeat if I were them. I mean, I yeah. would let him, but, I, but there's gotta be somebody and, you know, I don't know, NC state, like probably Doran, it seems to be safe based on the way they've been playing, but I don't know, man. Somebody... I don't know. I mean, he's, he's definitely got some baggage with him and he's rebounded very quickly, you know, but I don't know. I doubt he ends up in the sec, as you said, and, you know, that's that eliminates South Carolina as well. They need a coach because they're horrible. Yeah, they're bad. All right. Anything else you want to talk about before we kind of wrap up this week? Number six on my Heisman list is Kellen Mond. Okay. Do you not have a five star in the NFL? Have you run out of them already? Uh, I just didn't want I just couldn't want I tried to watch the NFL yesterday and I fell asleep. So it really. Our well, boy, Garrett Gilbert. Preston Williams because Tennessee fans wanted him to be a five star. Yeah, well, guess what? He didn't even get drafted. And Miami fans act like he's DK Metcalf and he can never stay healthy. And I think he hurt himself on a celebration. I mean, <laughs> but two is playing better than I expected. I mean, it's only been a couple of games, but he's, he's, he's holding it together. Miami has the best head coach in all of the NFL and Brian Flores, Boston College guy. And uh, it's kind of fun to see you know, these teams and, and see Tom Brady leave New England because I live up here and have New England stink and watch Tom Brady get peppered trying to force the ball to Antonio Brown and the NFL I love. Um, we're not doing the PFF thing either too, which is good because I don't have a PFF guy for you. Yeah, I skipped a couple of those today based on both of us being so sleepy today, but uh... <laughs> I got my uh, energy drink and my smoothie, but neither of them work. There, there was, the, well, we hit the five-star thing so well last week, talking about Garrett Gilbert, and then he starts and almost wins. He looked good. Yeah. <laughs> like where he's he's been out of he's been out of college, what since two thousand fourteen maybe? Yeah, it's been a while, maybe even longer. And we see some of these horrible quarterbacks playing in the NFL, um, you know, like Danucci. And you wonder why can't this guy find a home as a backup or something? Cause he's got a cannon of an arm. He's six, five, he looks great, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know, maybe it's something else, but you know, guys like him and Ryan Mallett, they confuse me quite a bit. And I think maybe they get in their own way. Um, but you know, I mean, college football, we had a, we had a super spreader event this weekend, Woody, but I was pretty happy to see it. I'll, I'll tell you that much. I wasn't. I thought it was stupid. Man, who cares? Who cares? They're college kids. What are they going to do? Well, they, yeah, I get it. But I mean, don't we have security? Oh, I mean, what? Security for 10,000 people? Yeah, I've been at games where they've kept people off the field and it's been 50,000. I just love how people railed on Dan Mullen for wanting a full stadium. And I know it didn't work out well because obviously you got a bunch of guys had COVID and so did he. And then, but they celebrate the fact that Notre Dame stormed the field. Like, pick, take a, take a side. Oh, yeah. The, I, I, <laughs> things aren't looking. I know you. I know you don't. You're not a big uh, COVID person, but the numbers aren't looking good, Mike. We're, we're gonna limp to the finish here. Personally, I think they should move the college football playoff back now, a month. Uh, I don't know what the rush is to get it in in December. And then that would give us some leeway in the big 10 and pac 12 to maybe even at games. And it would give the teams yeah. that I've played this 10 games in 11 weeks, a chance to rest if they do get them all in. But I, I think you, you, I think we've all learned that the NCAA's ability to pivot quickly is, is slow. Um, if the sec were in charge, things would go very quickly. You know, everything would be, every week a decision would be made and would be switching things around and would definitely have 
make up games for the Pac-12 and all that stuff, but they're, they're not. And the NCAA just doesn't really know what they're doing. Um, I believe in COVID. I don't want COVID. I think it's real. Um, but, you know, I, I, I just don't think that you should be critical of one person for wanting a full stadium of people and then be happy that a full stadium of people is rushing the field. Like, it's just... I'm not sure who you're talking about. That's is. But it's all over the place. There's so many people talking about that super spreader event when they rush the field and blah, blah, blah. I mean, the same people that were talking about Dan Mullen being a jerk like three weeks ago when he complained about not having a full stadium. It's just the hypocrisy disgusts me. As you know, Woody Womack, there's zero hypocrisy with me. Yeah, you're always, yeah. Just, just like what you wrote two weeks ago, that if anybody wants to fire Jeremy Pruitt, they're stupid or whatever. <laughs> I forget what it was exactly. Something to that effect. And now you're ready to fire him again. I completely changed my mind on so many different things, but uh, I like to call out other people that do it and make them look stupid, but not by name, because that's cowardly. And I'm very cowardly. I don't want to do that anymore. I did it, but I got yelled at. So I got to stop doing that. See, even I get yelled at for stuff. Yeah, well, sometimes. Nope. <laughs> not as much as you but you know you don't get yelled at. i think we both got yelled at the same day if i, if I remember that was a rough day we both ran face first into a fan and and i called you blaming my my chew out because i thought you threw me over the bus and you had already been chewed out <laughs> i'm like oh oops sorry that's okay all right well look let's wrap it up uh Godfather and Gorney will be out on Wednesday. Uh, we're going to get Mike's picks in this week. Hopefully Mike did them on his own. The numbers say that people like to have me on there. So we got to bring me back. I think I did better, right? Well, I'm talking on my end, mon monetarily behind the scenes. It did not do as well. I don't know why. So. No, I don't know. Your picks are much better, but I, th I think I did better than 10 and 9 this week. We'll, we'll see. <clears throat> I didn't write them down, so you'll have to go through them. Yeah, that's, I got to rewatch that. Yeah, that's going to be fun. All right. Well, thanks, Mike. Uh, follow Mike on Twitter at Rivals Mike and be sure to leave us a review. Follow us on Spotify and iTunes. Have a good one.